Let's get together, talk about the movies that we saw this week. We'll have discussions, talk film news, we'll laugh a lot and act like geeks. Sometimes we'll have a guest or two, sometimes it's just the two of us. Let's crack some jokes and tell some folks to come along and hang with us! Mike and Mike go to the movies. Mike and Mike go to the movies. Yeah! You have chosen. Mike and Mike have not gone to a movie in over a month now, but the podcast continues anyway. My name is Mike Smith, and joining me as always is a man who asked that when I bring him out, uh, can I introduce him as the guy who tries and tries to forget you, girl, but it's just so hard to do when you do that thing you do? <laughs> Mike Tricia. How you doing today, Mike? <laughs> I am doing great. I just wish I could move on, but I just can't get past that thing you do. <laughs> So I'm okay. How are you? Yeah, good. Doing good. And again, that reference will make more sense later on in the episode when I get to my discussions. Uh, also joining us this episode is a frequent guest on the show and acclaimed star of Jim Jarmusch's The Dead Don't Die. Uh, Vin Craig, welcome back to Mike and Mike Go to the Movies. Hi, thank you so much. Uh, happy, I want to say three years I've been coming on the show now. Yeah, I think your first episode was Avengers Infinity War. So that was 2018. So two years. So two, two years. years, three. It's a three film arc, though. Yeah, this is <laughs> this. True. This, by all accounts, should be my next Avengers episode with you guys. <laughs> I mean, uh, we can stage our own Avengers movie. I think we're going to have to be we're going to have to resort to that pretty soon in terms of like movies being released. <laughs> by <laughs> the can... end of this discussion, we will each pick at two characters from media that we've presented in the episode <laughs> and make a case as to why they should be on the team. <laughs> I'm holding us to that. That sounds like fun. Great. So Mike, so Mike D's already got Joker on lock and uh, God damn it. <laughs> uh, and yeah, so Vin, welcome back to the show. I mean, you've uh, you've been hunkered down during quarantine. It's been about a month now. How you been doing? How you holding up? I'm in a fortunate situation because I live with my family, so I'm never like alone. I'm never bored. Good. Uh, we got chores to do, but it's still something to do. You know what I mean? Sure. Totally. Uh, we've uh, started cleaning the obscure things in the house, okay. like stuff like we, we took all the <laughs> handles off of the the cabinets in the kitchen and we soaked those for a while. Yeah. It's getting <laughs> desperate. <laughs> That's great. Uh, so yeah. So you're, you're going crazy during quarantine is what you're saying. No, as long as movies exist, I'll be, I'll be okay. All right, good. And you've been putting out some uh, good quarantine stuff like content online and stuff, YouTube videos, Facebook stuff. Uh, Thank you, you so know, much. Just, just you basically you acting against yourself because nobody else is around to act in your video. Because uh, nobody else is good enough. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, I think I do comedy because I have such a deep seated need for everybody in every situation to like me. And that's probably where my trust issue started. Back in the mid 2000s, there was this ad campaign where Captain Crunch went missing. Did I think he was in my house? Yes. Did I think he was going to get me? Yes. Did I think he'd become feral? Yes. My two biggest fears growing up were the goblins that lived in my closet and dying alone. <laughs> uh, I, it's uh, it's nice to have that finite, like that fine-tuned control over what you're making. Yeah, absolutely. So all the theme songs you're going to hear this episode created by Kyle Cullen, who you can reach for your own theme songs now at uh, kylepodcastthemes at gmail.com. He, uh, he's been asking me to say that email at the beginning of every episode, so I'm going to. And I feel like last episode when we introduced it, Mike was so delighted by the fact that it existed. Uh, so just, I'm, I'm glad what, that you... What a nice thing. Yeah, This absolutely. is the first I'm hearing of it, and I'm excited. Yeah, you should you should definitely spam that email account with like 15 different theme, theme song requests as soon as this episode is over. 
<laughs> I know. I mean, like, yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, but like, like yeah, yeah. going to, but yeah. <laughs> like, I'm gonna, but don't tell him that. Right. Uh, and our logo is designed by Jacob Honeycutt or at Jacob Honey on Twitter. Uh, if you ever want to contact us, respond to something we did in the show, you can email us over at Mike and Mike go to the movies at gmail.com or tweet at us. We're at Mike and Mike pod on Twitter now. So you can uh, check that out. Uh, so Vin, you're hunkered down, you're quarantined, you're doing your thing. Uh, and since no new movies are coming out, we're not really doing like full episodes of the show anymore, uh, which is convenient for you because you don't have to like, you know, leave a movie halfway through and come on this podcast uh, like you have done <laughs> like you have done in the past before. What um, kind of animal? <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. Um, well, now you actually you asked me to be on the Invisible Man episode. Right. Uh, which and not a lot of people know this and I should have thought a little bit better because it is an audio medium. But I was I developed a technology to turn myself invisible. So you guys didn't even realize I was there. Um <laughs> But then I remembered that it's a it's a it's a podcast, so that was kind sure. of all for not. Even the uh, even Skype didn't even have an extra box for you. That's how invisible your technology. No, 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 was. no, no. I I I made the trek down to to Mike, and you remember how we kept making that joke about the back corner when we saw <laughs> when we saw hereditary. I was in the back corner the whole time. Wow! And totally now you're invisible. freaking Mike out. You should once wear again. pants when we do this, dog. I don't know. It's a video audio medium. Who cares? Yeah, it's fair enough. That that pants joke. I feel like now that like everybody's doing Zoom calls, I've heard that same pants joke like at least once a day, every day. Oh for the no! Past three weeks. Oh, all right. Then you got to cut it out. You gotta cu- You know what? Yeah, I got to cut it out. Well, yeah, I am the one making the joke, so you're. <laughs> but but yeah, so you're here. You were supposed to be on the Invisible Man episode, uh, and then you couldn't make it because you hadn't seen the movie. Um, and then I rescheduled you for the A Quiet Place two episode. And I was like, all right, A Quiet Place 2, I mean, I know all this coronavirus stuff is starting to happen, but A Quiet Place 2 at least will be released. I mean, it's only a couple weeks away. And then, uh, yeah, it wasn't. So, <laughs> that, uh, whoops. Yeah, so your invite for A Quiet Place 2 still on the table, Vin, for whenever Thank that movie comes much. out. Uh, did that and not then, come out? Did they delay the release of it? They did indeed. Why? Uh, What's yeah. going on? <laughs> uh, I, I would like you to turn on the news at some point throughout this podcast, Vin, just to see what's going on in the world. Um, no, thank you. But uh, but a quiet place too. I think is scheduled for September now. So hopefully that still gets to happen. Uh, I was also going to have you on for a Morbius episode uh, in July uh, yeah, because you were, because you were on our Venom episode, and I was like, well, Vin's got to be back from Morbius. I mean, he's got to knock knock let the vampire in over here. <laughs> uh, but of course that has been delayed too. So everything's kind of up in the air right now as far as the schedule for the podcast and everything. But we're glad to have you on for this uh, bonus episode, Vin. And basically what we do here is just. Basically, our discussions, like kind of doing an episode length discussion, just, hey, what we've been watching during quarantine, what's been going on. Uh, so, Vin, we'll start with you. Just to throw it out there. What you've been watching during quarantine? Uh, I'd like to bring everybody back to a simpler time when we were allowed outside. Honestly, this might have been like a day or two before they put the official lockdown out yeah. in New York. But uh, I went to the feature film theater. I don't know why I said it like that. I thought it, I don't know what I'm doing, man. It's been a while. I haven't talked to anybody but my parents. We, we forgot how we forgot what movie theaters are called, but they are called I movie forgot. theaters. <laughs> I went to the picture house. Uh, I went to go I see a talkie on the Victrola. <laughs> uh, I asked for whatever was playing in Betamax because I know that's higher quality. And um, I saw a picture called The Hunt. Which I was super jazzed about um, sure. because I am a sucker for a movie that's got a good uh, 
ad campaign. And what a better ad campaign than you've never heard of this movie, but everybody's talking about it. Yeah, I mean, this movie was, uh, we talked about it a while back. This movie was um, supposed to be coming out in 2019, September, uh, and was delayed indefinitely. Like, they said the release was, like, outright canceled back then um, because of, like, you know, its relation to, you know, all the violence and school shootings. And basically Donald Trump said, hey, there's this movie that paints conservatives as bad. And, you know, people yelled at Universal until they took it down. Um, (laughs) It's basically... The short version of the story, but they finally released the movie right before the pandemic hit, which is the worst possible time. <laughs> yeah. Well, also, though, it doesn't. And I think if anybody had bothered to watch it, they'd realize it doesn't paint conservatives as bad. It paints everybody as bad. <laughs> right. Which you can also get from the trailer if you watched the trailer. But uh, people just didn't do that. There, yeah, or a read a synopsis or put any effort into just seeing what was going on. Right. The Internet misreading a work of art. I just I don't understand that happening. Then can you <laughs> it's not well, possible. art is incredibly objective. And I think that's what people are forgetting. <laughs> I remember there was one time I don't know. I don't remember what critic it was, but like people were yelling at game critics, but like how you should do objective reviews or whatever. And so some game critic did an objective review of Citizen Kane. And it was just like this film is in black and white. This guy like, <laughs> just details about the film. This movie stars Orson Welles, like, like that kind of thing. Like that's what What's an objective facts, review baby? is. Yeah. <laughs> um, but all right. So the hunt. You saw it. I really wanted to see this movie and have not gotten the chance to yet. Although it is available on video on demand now. So theoretically, I could at any time. But I don't want to pay twenty bucks for it. Vin, what was your take <laughs> on the hunt? I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think that it is. Oh, I'm trying to talk about it in a way where I don't spoil it. It's an incredible cast. So many talented people. I can't. I didn't want to say who the lead is because I don't want to like spoil that. I think you can say who. The, I mean, it's Betty Gilpin, right? From Glow. It's definitely Betty Gilpin. Okay. <laughs> uh, I thought from the ad campaign, somebody else was the lead. It's a crazy movie. It starts out hot. It runs. It's like 90 minutes, I think. It's not particularly long. Oh, it's 90 minutes on the nose. Uh, this thing trucks from beginning to end. It is violent and it is satirical in a lot of ways. And Betty Gilpin carries this thing on her back like a champion. And she's amazing. She's so good in this movie. Nice. And she's so pretty. She's like so pretty. <laughs> but it's just, it's like a, it's like a hyper violent political movie that paints everybody in a bad light. And I would even go as far as say it makes uh, dem- like liberal people look worse than conservative people, which is makes it even crazier that like this thing was put on the shelf for so long. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, there was a lot of weird stuff surrounding the release of it, but uh, I mean, and it's weird that it came out like literally the last weekend that movies were allowed to exist uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 in course. America. So it seems like this movie is like destined to be buried in the same way that like New Mutants is destined to be forever delayed until uh, <laughs> until the yeah, end that of movie's time not coming out. Oh, no, not at all. I I'm... believe I still believe <laughs> one. Of I'll just days... say if you love a good how did we get here movie, if you love a good. <laughs> yeah movie that's heavy on the action and light on you know exposition get in there and is it is the whole thing kind of flimsy like a little bit it gets a little sweaty at times but like it's fun it's a fun movie nice and it's yeah it's definitely worth a watch i I will watch it again whenever i don't have to pay twenty dollars for it to rent it (laughs) yeah it's also uh co-written by damon lindelof uh, who did the leftovers and uh, just recently did watchmen so there is that uh, that to check out also so that's the hunt you also saw one other movie that last weekend um before (laughs) before all the quarantine stuff started happening right then that's true i did uh watch a garbage bag on the screen for two hours (laughs) (laughs) please tell people what you saw that last weekend Uh, i saw so i double featured it was the hunt and then 
me and a, a friend, uh, my friend Sam Rebline, who I have not seen in a while, were like, you know what? I don't want this night to end. Let's go see another movie. Let's risk it. Let's. This is when how dumb we were three weeks ago. Yeah, so um, naive back then. So naive. <laughs> uh, so we saw Bloodshot. It's not Blood Spot, as I called it before <laughs> we started recording. That's Bloodshot. how little I care. That's how much I dislike this movie is I'm, I'm bothered to remember the name of it. <laughs> it's Vin Diesel playing himself, a more le- like a lethargic kind of like guy who they tell you is like the best at everything. Yeah. Uh, okay. That sounds, that, that sounds like a typical Vin Diesel movie. Yeah. But like, <laughs> it's even more so where like, okay. I know certain action stars, it's their whole thing to like placate their ego. Is that how you use that word? Probably. Yeah. To placate yeah. their ego, to make themselves like the best at everything. But the plot of this movie is that Vin Diesel gets shot full of nanobites and becomes the like the pinnacle person. <laughs> and, Isn't that like, upgrade? Yeah, upgrade is an example of this movie firing on all cylinders. This movie cannot get out of its own way. They <laughs> do so much stuff in this movie that makes no sense. It's like if something can be done in one step. They're like, well, I bet you we could do it in 10. It's like, nah, dude, you just like, you just walk right over there and do it. They're like, no, 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 no. That's too easy. (laughs) There's a guy who has like a chest plate. They're like, he's blind. So we put a bunch of eyes on his chest. And I was like, why wouldn't you just put the eyes like on his head? (laughs) Like, why why wouldn't you just do that? That seems so much easier. And they're like, oh, but now they're on his chest. And it's like, okay, that's a point, I guess. And it's just, it's so generic and it's got the guy who plays winston in new girl is in it and i was heartbroken because he is so god awful in this movie (laughs) he plays like this british hacker he he plays it as if he's because he's the comic relief so he plays it as if he's spitting straight fire every time he talks but he's saying like the least funny things (laughs) he's like he's saying things as if they're jokes but he's like just making statements the whole movie Okay. Yeah. I get and that. I saw That's... somebody praising this movie being like, oh, it's satire. People who don't like it just don't understand it. It's like, no, I know what satire is. I'm not an idiot. This movie just sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Shots right. fired. Fair enough. Yeah. I, uh, I, I actually also wanted to see fat Vin Diesel. <laughs> I said, I will fight Vin Diesel. I don't care if he's fat Vin Diesel or not. <laughs> Which you in this movie, he definitely first. is. Yeah, uh, I also wanted to see Bloodshot and didn't because it was like that last weekend when theaters were shutting down. Uh, my last movie before quarantine was Portrait of a Lady on Fire. So a little bit of a classier movie than uh, than your final movie in a movie theater. I want to see that so badly. I need on, that palate cleanser. I still have on, waking nightmares about Bloodshot. <laughs> it's on it's on Hulu right now if you want to check it out. But but Bloodshot is a movie that I was actually really interested in because I like trashy Vin Diesel action movies. Um, and also because have you seen a triple X three return of Xander Cage? Uh, yes. That okay. cool Vin Diesel skateboarding movie. Yes. Yes. It's the best movie. It's, it's so great. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, I had the time of my life watching that movie in the theater, Vin Diesel and Donnie Yen going nuts and Ruby Rose is in it. And you know, yeah, but like stuff, you and... know how, like how, like the characters like do things in that movie. Sure. Not in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, like if I could sum up the plot, which I could, I don't want to spoil it, but like, Mm. in 15 seconds of a movie if it takes you 15 seconds to explain it i that's bad you shouldn't be able to do that <laughs> all right fair enough so yeah that's you bloodshot at least 30 seconds to get a b plot in there that is bloodshot you rushed out of your house to get to the theater right before all they were all they were closing down 
the the sign was on the door. The employee was turning it, saying, "Theater is sorry, we're closed." And you pushed right through, and you're like, "No, Not I got today. I gotta see Bloodshot." And you did, and it sounds like it wasn't worth it. <laughs> yeah, I would. They the uh, Psycho Killers in the movie, the song with the Talking Heads. Oh, I was about to say, and yeah, the Talking that's Heads. That's always worth hearing a little bit of it. Okay. And they play it like 15 times in this movie, so <laughs> that's what it's got going for it. All right, good. So Talking Heads soundtrack. I believe Stop Making Sense is on Amazon Prime right now, so you can probably just watch that instead. <laughs> John yep. Demi, bless up. Oh, yeah. But uh, but yeah, so that is Bloodshot. That is The Hunt. Those are the uh, the recent releases you got to check out. Mike, what have you been watching uh, recently? Uh, I've been watching. I want to just give a little update on uh, Community. Still watching it. Going through it on Netflix. Finished sure. season two. Uh, great. What a great show. Who knew? Community. Good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you Season knew. Two, you, wa- you've wa- you watched it back in the day. You watched it back in college. <laughs> I mean, oh, this is your second watch through. Yeah. Yeah. I, yep. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. Vin, I don't, I don't know if you, have you seen Community, Vin? Are you a fan? I'm about midway through when I was in LA, uh, the big DVD store in the area had the first three seasons on DVD for like mad cheap. Nice. 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 So I watched about a season and a half of it and it's very good. Yeah, it's one of my favorite shows ever. I was like, you know, die hard from the beginning. I was like deep into the community fandom, uh, which I hate being a part of any fandom, but I was deep into the community. <laughs> the community oh, so you're fandom. still waiting on that movie? Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, and so, you know, I was watching it like as it was airing on TV the first season, and I, ha- I have all the DVDs, and it was like my college friend's show. Like, I would like make everybody watch Community and that kind of thing. So I've seen it a million times. Mike was one of those college friends that I made watch Community. Uh, and he hasn't really seen it since college. So he's now that it's on Netflix, he's rewatching the entire thing or at least rewatching it as far as he can go. Uh, yeah. And, uh, so you're, you finished season two, Mike, you're like just about, yes. yes. Okay. So what, I mean, season two is my favorite season of the show. Um, yeah. Yeah. Season two, uh, just kind of fires on all cylinders to steal a phrase that Vin just said. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, it really does like everything. Every episode is so good. And, uh, you know, it's got the big two parter paintball with the Westerns and the star Wars and sure. Chang becomes a much bigger character. And yes, I mean, I watched, I think the first episode of season, of, uh, yeah, first episode of season three. And it's like, oh man, I don't know. It feels a little wonky. I'm nervous now. I'm scared. I always remembered season three being the best, but maybe it's not. I don't know. I'm nervous. I know season four is the worst and like, whatever, uh, I'll survive. <laughs> so what do you guys think is going to come out first? The community movie or Shrek five? <laughs> wow. I mean, my dream is that, you know, now the community's on Netflix. Uh, a lot of people discover the show for the first time. Enough where like interest gets renewed in the movie and Netflix is like, all right, it's time to make this thing. Like it's hits the button that says community movie on their desk and <laughs> and production. We had begins. this thing installed a decade ago. We're God, by God, we're using it. It's just a Dalmatian print phone. He picks it up and calls Dan Harmon hotline. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, and the running bit in the show, and I can't remember if it is a bit in the show first or became a thing at the fandom with the six seasons, six seasons in a movie, because they start saying that about Cougar Town and the yeah. Cape and all the shows that Abed's obsessed with. That get it was, it was, it was a thing in the show first, and then it became the uh, the thing. Okay, the, the fan cry. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so maybe... I didn't know that. Oh yeah, yeah. And that's like a gag in the early on in the show. There's an episode where they flash back to um, Ab, like Abed being really obsessed with the NBC show The Cape, uh, which. <laughs> I don't know if you remember The Cape. It was like a one season nope. TV show uh, about like a guy. Like it was a superhero show about a guy who wore a cape. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, it was a real oh, show. Oh, boy. Oh, wait, I do remember that. Yeah, it was like a Batman knockoff. Basically. I thought it was like about Cape Cod when you guys kept saying the cape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was a superhero show. And there's an episode of Community where Ab- like it flashes back to Abed being obsessed with it. And then uh, he like whisks his cape across a lunch table and it like knocks Jeff's food off. And Jeff shouts, that show's going to last three weeks. And Abed shouts, six seasons in a movie. 
uh, <laughs> and then that became the rallying cry for the show, basically. <laughs> yeah, it was a weird. It was a weird time to be in the community fandom. Like I, I, I look back on that bubble, and I was so obsessed with the show. <laughs> like for Did so I long, watch this I when would, it was on TV. Yeah, I, I watched it. I rewatched every episode, like at, when it would air. Like I would watch it and then watch it the next day on Hulu. And like I was so obsessed, and I had all these fan theories. I, I, I had notions that it was going to turn into like a hard sci-fi show at some point. Um, because of wait, some are you talking about Community or the Cape? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm talking about Community now. <laughs> oh, I'm talking about the Cape. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> wait, hold on. I want to unpack what you're talking about. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I, I had notions because of some stuff that happens in season three community. I was like, this is going to turn to like hard sci-fi. It's going to be crazy. Uh, and obviously that didn't end up happening, but then Dan Harmon did go create Rick and Morty. So uh, I was on the right track. I was, I was in the ballpark, yeah. right on. <laughs> um, but yeah, community season two, Mike is in there and, uh, yeah, still great. And, uh, people should watch it. It's on Netflix now. Uh, and then I had, I had a few TV shows I wanted to shout out, uh, in my discussions here too. Uh, once again, my Sopranos updates, I just finished season one of the Sopranos uh and really good you know the sopranos good show guys <laughs> <laughs> who knew the sopranos i don't know man italians the mafia <laughs> yeah um yeah really good i literally just finished season one like right before we started recording this podcast and uh yeah it's uh it's really good those last couple episodes are just really like just non-stop they're great uh, and, you know, I've been reading along with the Sopranos Sessions, which is the, uh, the book written by Matt Zeller-Seitz and Alan Sepinwall, which kind of analyzes every episode. So I've been watching, like, reading that after I watch each one, and it has enriched the experience. I'm very excited to uh, kick off season two, uh, which I'll be doing pretty soon this week. Uh, and then I also uh, just recently finished a rewatch of Freaks and Geeks. Now, what you got to do is look for something in the store that's expensive but looks really cheap. And then you switch price tags with something that is really cheap. Then you got to put the original back on it and return it for store credit. That's how I got this jacket. Ten bucks this thing cost me. Oh, it's beautiful. Clearly worth all the effort. (laughs) My dad caught a shoplifter once, and he had to lock him in the store, and then the cops came. Well, my dad says shoplifters cost him a fortune. Hey, if I owned your store, I caught some little kid shoplifting, I'd just take him out back, and I'd deal with it. Oh, would you, Mr. Tough Man? Yeah, I would, Mrs. Tough Man. <laughs> oh, like that time when uh, John Ergner kicked your ass? Like, like that? Do you mind flapping your lips somewhere else? You smell. Hey, what, did you guys break up or something? No, we didn't break up. I dumped his loser ass. Oh, is that what happened? Okay. It makes you feel better. Hey, do, do you guys want to... Hey, does anybody want to come see the wall with me on Saturday night? Thought I might try an experiment. See it straight once. Uh, don't do it. You'll regret it, man. Trust me. Uh, which is one of the great one-season shows of all time. Have you have either of you guys watched Freaks and Geeks? Not all the way through. Oh, you have, I have but, seen a couple episodes here and there, but it never really like grabbed my attention. Uh, you should get, you guys should rewatch it again. It's I mean, I, or watch it for the first time or whatever. It's the best. It's so, so good. I mean, in, in case anybody's not familiar with Freaks and Geeks, this was like basically Judd Apatow and Paul Feig, their kind of first show on TV together. I mean, they had been like working on stuff like Judd Apatow had worked on, I think, the Ben Stiller show in, in the 90s and stuff like that. But uh, Freaks and Geeks. Heavyweights. Heavyweights, of course. How could I forget? But but Freaks and Geeks was like their, you know, big, big attempt at like something like, you know, kind of to try to hit the mainstream. Uh, and it starred a lot of people who would become famous later on. Seth Rogen, Jason Siegel, James Franco. Linda Cardellini was the star of the show and she's the best. Martin Starr's in here. 
Uh, and a lot of people would just pop up on this thing. But, uh, you know, it's just about a, a high school in the 80s. And uh, one of the things I love about the show is it's very, it's honestly the most honest portrayal of high school I feel like has been captured on film. Uh, just in terms of like, you know, it's not about the jocks and the popular kids. And it even jokes about that in the opening scenes of the pilot. The very first shot you see in the Freaks and Geeks first episode is like, you know, at a football field and the camera's like panning up through the bleachers. And you see like the popular like football star and the cheerleader and they're talking, they're professing their love for one another like every other, you know, high school TV drama you've ever seen. And then you pan down beneath the bleachers and you see James Franco and Jason Siegel and Seth Rogen just like, you know, getting high and like, <laughs> and like listening, to, <laughs> listening to rock music and stuff. And it's like the perfect thesis statement for the beginning of the show. It's so great. Uh, and over the course of 18 episodes, it's just it's the characters feel so real and lived in uh, the music. The soundtrack to the show is so good. Uh, I, I first watched the show when I was like maybe 16 on like IFC. Uh, like they, they used to do reruns back then. Uh, and so I, I hadn't seen most of these episodes really since then. I recently got the, uh, the Shout Factory Blu-ray, uh, which is so pristine. It's so nice. It's so packed with special features. They give you two options. There's two separate Blu-ray packs within the Blu-ray, uh, one with the original aspect ratio and one with the new HD widescreen presentation. Uh, and wow. so I, I, I did it in the new widescreen presentation, but now I kind of want to rewatch it in the original aspect ratio. <laughs> 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 just to see the minute differences, you know? But yeah, Freaks and Geeks, great show. Uh, I really uh, enjoyed get, going through this rewatch. Uh, I actually rewatched it because, like, I, I bought the Blu-ray and I was looking for an excuse. My girlfriend had never seen the show and it was like, perfect. It's <laughs> it's Freaks and Geeks time. Uh, and she took some time to get into it too. But by the end, she was really into it. Uh, so like like we said last uh, last week uh, with Community, like I, I made her watch the entire show too. If you want to be my lover, you got to watch Community. Uh, if you want to be my lover, you got to love Freaks and Geeks also. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> okay, right on. It seems like a lot of, you know, pre, a lot of, a lot of. Uh, why can't I think of words today, Mike? What is going on with my brain? Prerequisites. You're needy. That's what I'm saying. You're needy. <laughs> yeah, in 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 short form, yes, I'm needy. Is basically, what you, <laughs> and I think That's a lot of big asks. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh, I'm gonna watch this show, and I have to like it. Oh, pretty much. Okay. Pretty much. I'm trying. I'm trying for Firefly now. That's the next goal. Uh, we'll well, see. I mean, Firefly is a masterpiece. Wow. I mean, Firefly is great. Yeah, I, I've also watched Firefly like four or five times. It's great. Do you like any shows that are unduly that are not unduly canceled? <laughs> you know, that's one of those things where, like, because you know, she's also making me watch shows. Like, she's making me watch New Girl, which I really enjoy. I'm watching New Girl kind of for the first time through, and I'm in season three. It's very good. Um, but like, all of her shows are shows that you know lasted many seasons and were gen generally well liked and beloved and had like a, bit, like a pretty big audience and i'm like we should watch this one season show that lasted like you know 14 episodes uh but they, the they, legacy it's yeah. about the legacy <laughs> there was a cult surrounding it is next for you mike i was considering she's not gonna like twin peaks I've, I've, <laughs> not at all i was considering it but, uh, but that's probably not gonna happen oh you know what you guys should watch there is this show in the uh in the late aughts called the cape <laughs> you you guys okay so it's about cape cod right and the people that live there and all the people wear capes uh my it's god god the set design the 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 prestige of it all it's incredible the music oh my god yep all right so uh yeah so that's freaks and geeks really great show vin what else you've been watching uh doing during quarantine Oh God, are we back to me? Uh, I don't know if you guys have watched this. I actually actively avoided this show for a long time, but Shit's Creek. A quarter cup at a time. A thin stream. It's supposed uh -huh. to be a thin stream. Blend it really uh -huh. well. 
Are you a burnt potato? That's not right. Okay, well, that's because I'm ladling and stirring at the same time, and you're just standing there. Now is not the time to lose focus, darling. This was your idea. You're the one who allegedly made the enchiladas. Yes, so try to keep up. Okay, next. Now's the time to sprinkle in the chili pepper flakes. We've already done that. What number are we on? Oh, my God, is this not your mother's recipe? Yes, and now I'm passing it on to you. So try to keep up. Um, oh, next step is to fold in the cheese. What does that mean? What does fold in the cheese mean? He folds it in. I, I understand that, but how, how do you fold it? Do you fold it in half like a piece of paper and drop it in the pot, or what do you do? David, I cannot show you everything. Okay, well, can you show me one thing? You just, here's what you do. Uh -huh. You just fold it in. Okay, I don't know how to fold broken cheese like that. And I don't know how to be any clearer. You take that thing that's in your hand, uh -huh. and you... If you say fold in one more time... It says fold it in! This is your recipe. You fold in the cheese then. Don't you dare. You fold it in. David! Oh, good. Now I see bubbles. David! What does burning smell like? Which is okay. on Netflix is a masterpiece. Like yeah. quietly, it's been racking up some of the best episodes of television. It's so good. I've heard great things. I uh, I have not watched Shit's Creek. My mom just got really into it, and she just uh, finished it on Netflix. Actually, which I know I think the final season of the show is airing now on Pop TV or something like that. It is for sure. Yeah, but my mom got super into it, and she's been like, "Oh, you're watching Shit's Creek, right?" Because she assumes that like I watch all TV shows. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, from what you've said so far, she should know as long as it went more than one season, you didn't watch it. <laughs> or was in serious danger of cancellation for a long time. <laughs> You're right. How long uh, did that run? Five seasons? Not interested. <laughs> Give me something short and snappy, another, baby, with an unfinished story. And we're in turmoil. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Shit's Creek. How, how, what about it, uh, Vin? Uh, so it's Eugene Levy and his son created this show, and it stars him his son uh the actress that plays the daughter alexis whose name i can't think of right now so i'm gonna keep talking just to stall enough time so <laughs> i can pull up the imdb page okay i know you guys noticing I know, that i'm doing that i know Catherine o'hara is in it um, oh i'm gonna i'm gonna get to her because she's okay. <laughs> uh she's okay so it's eugene levy and his son dan levy okay uh annie murphy plays the daughter and Catherine o'hara plays the mom they are the Rose family, uh, fallen from grace after a uh, like an invest like white qual white guys. Uh, I don't know what's wrong, guys. <laughs> I'm struggling here. Quarantine has uh, really hurt you uh, in the head. It seems like <laughs> I know words words no good no more. <laughs> um, so it's like a, they're white collar criminals because they basically got Bernie Madoff, but they got like framed for it. It doesn't like matter though to the show because it's just them in this little town that they own that you find out episode one the dad bought for the son for his birthday as a joke and the they have to town? live in this shitty motel in this town called Shits Creek run by Chris Elliott who plays the mayor rolling shit <laughs> <laughs> which is a name I did not get the pun of until they said it fully through in like episode five Catherine O'Hare is in this show giving a masterclass in comedy. I, she's so funny in this show and she does it all with like an accent that doesn't exist in the real world. <laughs> she's like fabricated an accent and it's incredibly consistent for as nonsensical as it is. 
And uh, it's just a show that's very funny. It starts off the way you'd expect, where it's like a rich family adjusting to life now as poor people. Uh, you know, very, very traditional high status to low status comedy premise. Sure. But the thing that really makes this show pop is in the middle of season two, because they're, they're like shooting themselves in the foot all through season one. But in the middle of season two, you start to kind of see the heart of these characters and you're like, maybe they're not complete monsters. And you kind of start to see them become more empathetic and become more like well-rounded people. I'm only in season three right now, but like it's a comforting show to watch. It's yeah. delightful yeah. and heartwarming at times. And I laugh harder than I've laughed at a TV show in like a long time, except for my next thing that I'm going to talk about, which I've laughed at equally hard. Okay, cool. So that's Shit's <laughs> Creek. And uh, the first five seasons are on Netflix now. The final season airing on Pop TV right now as well. Uh, and yeah, I've, heard, I've been hearing, like, I, I feel like the show was under the radar for a long time. Like I hadn't really heard much about it until maybe like a year ago. Uh, and then suddenly it was being like nominated for awards and stuff. And I remember like seeing it at the Emmys and being like, oh yeah, it's Shit's Creek. Sure. It's, and it felt like one of those things where it's like, you know, there are so many different TV shows that I'm not watching that I hear are amazing. <laughs> And I don't have the time to watch any of them. That's and, and, fair. And Shit's Creek felt like one of those ones where it's like, ah, it's probably going to fall into that pocket. But now that like even my mom is watching it, I'm like, okay, I feel like I got to watch Shit's Creek at some point. Uh, I, you know, the weird thing is, is I actively thought I was going to hate it. Really? I'm so picky with comedy shows. I'm like the harshest critic when it comes to comedies. I will watch anything else and accept hot garbage, except Bloodshot. <laughs> um... <laughs> So you're saying Shit's Creek. Creek is the anti-bloodshot of TV shows, is, uh, is what you're saying. If you're looking at them as one thing is the worst and the other thing is the best, then yes, they are Blood, opposites. Blood Shit's Creek, is that anything, guys? Is that? We <laughs> <laughs> yeah. might have to bleep that. That might have to be the first bleep in the show's history. Uh, all right, so that's Shit's Creek. Mike, what you been watching? Uh, what else you got? I don't know if the censors are going to let that through. You're right, Ben. Um <laughs> So <laughs> uh, one of the things I've been watching uh, is on Shutter. They have an original series right now called Cursed Films, Ooh. and this is a uh, little documentary series they're running, uh, where each episode focuses on a cursed, quote unquote, horror film uh, that got made. You know, like kind of these apocryphal stories you hear about. Uh, the first three episodes have aired so far or been released, and they focus on The Exorcist, The Omen. And Poltergeist. Uh, and I forget how many episodes there are going to be. I think it's like six or seven. And each one yeah. is a different movie. And uh, it's pretty interesting. I, I uh, The first two, first episode is Exorcist. And um, I, they're half hour, which is like just mwah, perfect. That's the perfect amount of time for what yeah. this show is doing. I don't need hour long exposés and examinations and stuff. And it kind of goes through the, you know, that people kept getting hurt. Linda, the you know famous stuff, Linda Blair broke her back when they were doing that, like bouncing up and down on the, the, the bed scene with the mechanism or whatever came loose. Uh, there's an actual murderer featured in the film. He's one of the doctors that oh, wow. uh, when Linda Blair goes to get what I forget, well, like whatever brain scan thing. Uh, they do in the beginning of the movie, one of the doctors, they were real doctors. Uh, and then one of those guys went on to kill someone later. So it's like, you know, there's kind of all these weird movies with weird stuff around them. Uh, and it's kind of examining what that might mean. And the first two episodes, which is the extras and the omen, uh, are weird because the first half is about the movie. And then the second half is about like real world versions Okay. Which is weird. So like the first one starts following an exorcist, like a modern day exorcist and kind of, you know, examining whether or not this idea of a curse can be real in general. 
and like all this stuff and it's strange and then the second one with the omen like they follow this like black magician guy and he tries to curse a movie set and like you know it's like it's very strange and feels kind of like exploitative when you say black magician I think I think he means dark magic. This is a sincere question. Dark dark magic. You mean like black Uh, magic? Black magic. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Black magic. Uh, Witchcraft and such. No, Uh, hey, if you had said the dark magician, I would have also had questions. uh, Yu-Gi-Oh related questions. So Thanks for making me clarify, Ben. So, like, it's it's got this really weird tone, right? Where it's, like, this interesting documentary stuff about these films. And, you know, The Omen, I had no idea that, like, all these, the, the re- religious advisor that, like, helped co-write the movie died. And, and Gregory Peck's plane was hit by lightning. And, and the animal handler that worked at the zoo where they shoot the thing, the scene with the baboons. Yeah. Uh, I remember if you remember The Omen. That guy got killed by the baboons or the tigers or some shit at the zoo. And, like, shit. all this weird shit was was happening around that movie. Uh, and then like, it takes this like kind of hard turn into like, well, can you actually curse a movie set? And like, does this weird goofy thing making fun of these guys, Yeah, you know, that like believe in this stuff. Uh, so I was a little worried because I know one of the episodes later on is supposed to be Twilight Zone, uh, the movie where oh, Vic yeah. Morrow died. And sure, you know, yeah. it's like yeah. this really serious thing about like, is John Landis to blame for murdering these people and like all this stuff. And right. uh, I was started i started getting really nervous that that like that episode especially it was gonna be like this joke but then the next episode the third episode is poltergeist and that has a lot of stuff with uh the two the youngest daughter i forget the actress's names uh ended up dying uh of like this weird congenital birth defect that nobody knew she had and the uh the older daughter was murdered by her boyfriend and there was thoughts that they used the real skeletons in the scene at the end when they're in the pool and uh, you know, right, the mud pit that where the pool's gonna go and all that stuff, and that, that's, that's crazy. I can't imagine real skeletons cost less than fake skeletons. <laughs> <laughs> it turns out they do because they interview the the prop guy, and he said, "Yeah, you can just go to a medical supply, like a medical lab supply company, and get a very cheap oh cadaver God. skeleton that would be used in like a like a school uh, huh. and stuff like that, which makes sense, uh, I yeah. guess, if you think about it." So anyway, but and, and Poltergeist, the where I'm going with this is that that episode is really, really compassionate and earnest uh, and dives into, no, this shit is a, a stuff we make up to tell our stories, to tell ourselves about these movies and our real tragic human th- stories. Yeah. Uh, and like I was almost crying by the end of the Poltergeist episode is where oh. I, <laughs> it was very emotional. They, yeah. they interview the guy, the director of the third Poltergeist, which was the movie being made when the youngest daughter died. Uh, and like how much that impacted him and his life and his and like the studio made him finish shooting the movie with his body double person and all this weird shit. But it's, it's very interesting, that episode in particular. Like I would say watch all three episodes, uh, but the tone shift when it gets to Poltergeist, it makes me very excited and interested for the rest of the season nice. uh, that it's actually going to be a serious look into tragedy and stuff around these movies rather than just be like, hmm, can we perform an exorcism? Which is kind of what it is in the first couple. <laughs> I would love it if uh, there was like an old guy, like uh, like the guy that rushes out in Friday the 13th, like the crazy town guy who is like, yeah, yeah. I, I'll tell you what killed that girl. It was ghosts. Y'all go around <laughs> talking your medical mumbo jumbo, but at the end of the day, you know what killed that girl? Ghosts. Ghosts. Just fade to it black. St- Roll credits. <laughs> it kind of starts that way like it kind of has that 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 similar feeling in the third in the poltergeist episode um until they interview the prop guy 
who's like this is like who kind of just like is pissed off that this is even a thing around poltergeist uh and he explains like you know if you just go to a medical lab you can buy very cheap skeletons that are used for medical purposes and stuff like for in schools uh why would they pay us to make them when they can just go do that uh and he goes through this (laughs) long history of real skeletons all the way back in movies to like house on haunted hill the original one that comes out of the acid uh and like all these skeletons get credited (laughs) it's like they had names at some point does it get added to their imdb page is uh, is what you're asking yeah (laughs) I assume the B in that means stands for bones. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, so anyway, that's Cursed Films. It's and ended up being uh, way better than I thought it was the first first couple episodes. Nice. And it's only half hour of each, so you can watch all three of them right now. I think they're on Thursdays or Fridays. They knew what episodes come out, so that's on Shudder. Cool, yeah, it's on Shudder. It's Cursed Films. And uh, okay, I've got a few movies I wanted to talk about. I'm going to lump a few of them together right now just for the interest of time. Uh, first of which, uh, you know, recently, uh, Adam Schlesinger, the, um, bassist for Fountains of Wayne, lyricist, uh, for them too, one of my favorite alt-rock bands, uh, he recently passed away from coronavirus, uh, actually in a hospital in Poughkeepsie, which is wild. Wow. Yeah, right near my hometown. But Adam Schlesinger, you know, co-wrote, uh, songs for Fountains of Wayne. He also co-wrote songs for, like, a million other bands and movies and TV shows. He also wrote almost all of the songs in Crazy Ex-Girlfriend with Rachel Bloom, uh, which I did oh. not, which I did not know. Um, but back before Fountains of Wayne was even like a hit band with Stacey's mom and stuff, Adam Schlesinger co-wrote the uh, title song in 1996's Tom Hanks directorial debut, That Thing You Do, which I had never seen. And what do you guys think about that? For what? Maybe we should make a record. Like actually make a record. A record, record, record. Yeah, that's what I mean. Not one that we play. Yeah, I mean, we could like sell copies of them right here for a buck a piece. There's a sound booth at Telemark that we could use. No, that's for like two people. It's for birthday greetings. You're talking to Spartacus here. I happen to have a relative in the record industry. Who, Uncle Bob? Uncle, who's Uncle Bob? <laughs> he records church music, choirs, favorite sermons, stuff my mom listens to. So could you record our music? Maybe. Wouldn't do it for free. And we'd have to watch our language. Adam Schlesinger passed away and I found out he wrote that song. I was like, hey, you know what? I've heard this movie's really good for a while. Want to check it out. Uh, and this movie's really good. Have you guys seen that thing you do? Uh, you know, I think I ha- I saw it once or I have seen it before. I think it was one of those movies that like someone in my orbit had on VHS when I was a young kid. And like we watched it yeah. sometimes. But I don't remember it at all. I mean, that thing you do, it's a really fun movie. Uh, I mean, it's it's about this, uh, you know, kind of band in the 60s who kind of become a one-hit wonder, uh, you know, but their song, That Thing You Do, is just so popular and it burns so fast and people are so into their music. Uh, and it really, like, it kind of charts the rise of the Beatles. Like, it's a parallel to what the Beatles were doing around that same time. But, like, if the Beatles didn't continue making music, like, if they had, like, if, <laughs> if they had just released Love Me Do and then never released anything again, <laughs> it's basically the premise behind that thing you do uh and this is written and written and directed by tom hanks uh and who also co-stars oh, the movie. really yeah and he's a supporting character in the movie as well uh he's like their manager uh throughout the movie and uh yeah it's really really great like it's a really witty movie the music's really great uh just the camaraderie between the bands a lot of fun Liv tyler pops up in this movie ethan embry uh charlie's theron in her film debut is in this movie as well which is wow. pretty cool uh and the lead guy tom everett scott looks and sounds almost exactly like 80s tom hanks like 
Like, yes. Like, it's very clear, like, he cast this guy because, obviously, Tom Hanks, maybe he was thinking about this movie for a long time and got too old to star in the lead role. So he's like, well, I gotta cast a guy that looks just like me. And it works. I mean, he looks, it, it's it's uncanny, like, how much, it's obviously not exactly, it's not like a one-to-one thing, but he carries the essence of Tom Hanks, I guess. It's pretty wild uh, to watch that. So, yeah, that thing you do, I really enjoyed this movie. Uh, and it's available on DVD and stuff. I'd recommend uh, checking that out. That's from 1996. Also watched uh, Candyman, the original Candyman from 1992, which is on Netflix right now. Uh, and this is directed by Bernard Rose, based on a Clive Barker story. Uh, it's about, you know, an urban legend, a guy named Candyman, where if you say his uh, name five times while looking in the mirror, he's going to come and murder you. And I believe I've just said it three times now, so I'm going to stop. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Why, are you looking in a mirror right now? Because that's I mean, kind of weird well, also. <laughs> I'm looking at a screen, which is reflecting all of our images back at me. So, yeah, technically, oh, yes, that's I, am fair. Look- I am looking at a mirror. It's a black mirror. Whoa. Whoa. Now, when you say black mirror. <laughs> <laughs> He's talking about Yu-Gi-Oh, Vin. Uh, <laughs> right, 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 right. That's what I thought. <laughs> but, yeah, Candyman. It's, you know, the classic horror movie from 1992. Tony Todd deserved an oscar nomination for this movie he is incredible just that voice that deep bass voice uh it's like the movie itself very very good i think tony todd's performance is even better than the movie that he's in he is just on another level uh and the reason i watched it is because there's the new Candyman remake uh or kind of like pseudo sequel uh sort of in the vein of like the new halloween uh coming out sometime this year it was supposed to be coming out in june obviously probably not going to happen anymore (laughs) for you know obvious reasons uh, so hopefully still coming out sometime this year, but I wanted to watch it like closer to the release of that new movie. And then when the release got pushed, I was like, well, I might as well watch it now before it leaves Netflix. Like, like, <laughs> like I have no yeah. idea how long it's going to be on Netflix for. So might as well just check it out. And, uh, yeah, really great horror movie from the early nineties. And I feel like one that's, you know, people know it, but I feel like it's not as celebrated as some of the other horror movies with like these kind of slasher movies. But this is also a much more like, like a, a cerebral slasher movie, I guess. Like it's a slasher movie. It's very intellectual and it's very poignant in its message. It is under yes. everything. Exactly. So it's you know it, in the same. It's in sort of in the same vein, like structurally, as a movie like Nightmare on Elm Street or Friday the Thirteenth. But it feels like it has a lot more on its mind. Uh, so it's, you know, worth checking out. And I'm very excited for the remake. I know Nia DaCosta is directing it and it's being produced by Jordan Peele. Uh, so it's, it seems like it's in very good hands. Um, but yeah, so that's Candyman, 92. And then also wanted to mention, uh, I saw Bad Moms this past weekend, guys, uh, with uh, Mila Kunis, Kristen Bell, and uh, Catherine Hahn. Uh, good group of people. Uh, you know, when the movie was coming out, thought it looked okay. And uh, I saw it this weekend. It was okay. Uh <laughs> I mean, those three together are generally pretty funny, and there's some good, funny people in the movie. I think it is one of the worst-looking movies I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, the lighting of this film is literal garbage. I, it's, <laughs> and it seems like a pedantic thing to c- complain about, but then when you watch the movie, it's literally like every scene that takes place outside or near a window, it's just so overexposed. like It's almost like blurring out the actors that you're watching. It's insanity so that was very distracting for me but as an overall comedy experience it's okay some decent laughs again Catherine Hahn is a generally great funny person and she's very good Kristen Bell kind of playing against type in this movie and she's pretty good and Mila Kunis also pretty good I feel like Mila Kunis is like ceiling is pretty good and she's pretty good in this movie but yeah Vin you're a you're a big Bad Moms fan right uh Bad Moms great film that's what I have to say about that <laughs> Bad Moms more like good moms <laughs> hey <Hey-o. laughs> Uh, I, I found it to be very charming. I didn't expect much going into it. Uh, and I think typically when you go in with ex- expectations as low as I had, 
you're kind of bound to enjoy what you're watching. Um, but also, I would watch Catherine Hahn like make breakfast. I would watch that woman do anything. I think she's one of our <laughs> finest actors, comedic sure. or otherwise. And uh, I just I found it very charming. I honestly didn't even notice the thing with the lighting. But I bet if I go back now and I'm looking for it, I'm gonna be like, "How did I miss this?" <laughs> I mean, it looks like it was shot on like an iPhone four. You know, it, it's it's does not look good. But yeah, that's Bad Moms. I've not seen the sequel, A Bad Moms Christmas, uh, which came out like a year later. They, there's bad grandmas in that one. Oh man, they're up in the ga- they're up in the game, is what you're saying. They're, they're up in the game. The Two generations of Bad Moms. <laughs> my god oh boy uh yeah but i i remember this movie being like a pretty big hit when it came out i think because its budget was i think it only has a budget of like 20 million or something and so it you know was able to make its money back pretty quick and like ended up being you know big enough to get a sequel obviously bad mom's christmas but yeah as far as it goes you know i watched it on fx and uh it's okay it's it's solid enough although it was it was uncensored i should say that like there wasn't any like bleeps or you know which it is a rated r comedy there's a lot of like you know curse words thrown around for some reason like on the fx now app some movies are censored and some movies are not. And uh, Bad Moms was not. So there you go. Um, but yeah, that's Bad Moms. And uh, Vin, what else you got to, to talk about here today? Do you guys watch Letterkenny? I have not watched Letterkenny, but I've heard it's really good. Same. Okay. It's a real Shit's Creek situation, you know? <laughs> so Shit's Creek, while incredible, and I can't recommend that show enough, the show you should watch first, if you're gonna, is Letterkenny. Okay. What, do you have some kind of drinking problems? It's a problem, Dan. That's alcohol abuse. Well, to be fair... Oh, don't say to be fair. I hate when people say to be fair. It sounds like, uh, to be fair. To be fair. Well, to be fair. The bottom inch of a beer bottle is 50% spit. Don't be gross. Bugs could have crawled down there and died, too. You don't know. What'd I just say? Well, it's the same reason you don't eat the bottom of an ice cream cone. I'm not sure how I feel about this talk. What, do you think they check for bugs down there in the cone factory? Fuck no, they just throw the cones in the box. Figure it out. Can we move past this, please? What, do you think they check for bugs down there at the cone shop? Fuck no, they just throw the ice cream on there. Have a good one. This conversation's fast becoming a confrontation. Like here, have some ice cream and fucking bugs, likely. What do you do with the bottles with the ice cream cones? Well, you throw it on the fucking ground, Dan. You let the bugs eat it. It's a circle of life. Didn't you never see The Lion King? You know I love The Lion King. It's this guy, Jared Kiso, created the show, and he also stars in it. And it's Canadian Hicks living in this small town. It started off as a web show called Letterkenny Problems. And this show is so charming, so funny. And it's so, it's repetitive, but in, like, the best way. Like, every episode you could sit with, like, uh, you could do, like, episode bingo because they hit the same marks in every episode pretty much. Yeah. But, like, you come, it's not in a way that's, like, overbearing or self-referential because you feel that, like, this is true to the lives of these characters. Like, it doesn't feel forced. And it's, like, maybe, like, growing up in, I live in uh, sure. like that. Um, <laughs> uh, but <laughs> my I address is blah, 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 my, my social security number. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Bad moms haters are going to come find me. Actually, I'm going to drop a hot take that I have uh, since I haven't seen you guys in a while that I may need protection. <laughs> um, but yeah, Letterkenny is incredibly funny. It's incredibly charming. They've banged out eight seasons in like something like six years, I feel like. Okay. Uh, and it's a show that somehow is like getting better still. It doesn't really dip ever, but for whatever reason, like the last two seasons, they started being more like remember when South Park switched to having like through storylines for a season? Yeah, for like a couple of years, they would just have like, you know, ongoing stories that would like bleed into the next episode and stuff. Yeah, they kind of switched from more like vignette stuff to that in the later seasons. And okay. it's worked wonders for the show. 
Nice. That's that's Letterkenny. It's on Hulu, right? It's available on Hulu. It is on Hulu, and it's amazing. Cool, cool, cool. Any other uh, any other stuff you want to throw out there, Vin? Yeah, this is my hot takes, and I haven't seen you guys. And you brought up this movie earlier. Okay. I I hated Joker. <laughs> I mean, you're welcome Thank to uh, God. Mike's also not a Joker fan. He is a. Uh, oh, oh my God. Okay, that's amazing. Yeah. I hate that's, that. Movie. I was so nervous when you were talking about him earlier when you were like, Mike's got Joker. I was like, oh no, he likes it. Like, I could respect somebody who likes the movie. Don't get me wrong. I understand why people would like it. I've also never watched a director jerk off for two hours on screen. <laughs> I mean, Mike and you I just ju- watched Annie Hall for a goal. <laughs> I, was, I was about to say the same exact thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I actually I did like Joker. I thought it was pretty good. But yeah, Mike hated the entire thing or like it seemed like when we reviewed it you're like i didn't like this and now it's just full-on rage it's full-on hate towards that movie um but so as a result like every episode uh that i that almost every episode since we've done joker i've tried to do a variation of uh my intro to mike being when i bring you out can i introduce you as as blank oh like a bully yes exactly yeah <laughs> you know like emotional abuse yeah it's fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah like everybody does to everybody else in joker uh, yeah. i think my main issue is that it's a movie that presents itself as if this is the this is one man's descent into madness but in reality when you first meet him in the movie you're like this is already the craziest, most unlikable person I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and this is not this is not the story of him going crazy. This is just the first time he got violent. Yeah. Like yeah. The, as far as descent goes, he has already descended into madness. But he's time you start at, the he put his fingers in a kid's mouth. He's already at the bottom. <laughs> and also on top of that, there is no empathy in this world. Like when when Alfred sees him doing the thing with like, you know, putting his like finger in Bruce's mouth or whatever. Right. He. Is like, oh, you're Penny Flex, son. Get the fuck out of here. Being like, how in knowing his circumstances, how are you not like, hey, I'm gonna call someone. Uh, let's get you some help. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's I think that's the point, also, though. I mean, again, there is no point to Joker, it's a pointless movie, but you know, it is, it is what it is. It's, it's trying to, <laughs> I'm finding it harder and harder to defend this movie. Like, and I, I don't mean to be the guy who defends this movie because I think it's just pretty no, good. No, hey, if you like it, you like it. And that's totally yeah. cool. Like, I'm <laughs> all for people liking things. Yeah, I, I even think if I don't like them. I think it's a pretty good movie. I think it's bizarre the amount of uh, acclaim that it got towards the end of 2019 where, you know, it was nominated for 10 Oscars and it won, you know, Best Actor for Walking Phoenix and stuff. Walking Phoenix, very good in the movie, I think, uh, but not even close to his best performance. Um, I agree. You know, it's it's literally a watered down version of what he's doing in The Master, which is an incredible movie. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's weird. And we've talked about Joker a lot on this podcast. We don't need to keep going deep into it. <laughs> can I make can I just make one more quick point? Sure. Real quick. Oh, uh, go ahead. The the stuff with Zazzy Beats, right? Yeah. Where it's very obviously not actually happening movie, and then it's not actually happening. Yeah. <laughs> you're watching that movie. And right from the first scene where they're together and she likes him. You're like, this is either a fantasy or this is the worst written movie I've ever seen in my life. This is the worst Harley <laughs> Quinn origin story ever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. I don't. That movie. Oh, not a fan. Did you see Birds of Prey? Out of curiosity. I did. And I loved it. Nice. Yeah. There you go. So. I saw it twice in theaters and I've never wanted to make love to an egg sandwich more in my life. <laughs> <laughs> it really was. I was arguing graphic. with somebody. I was like, they shot that egg sandwich as if it was porn. Yep. And you can't tell me that's not true. No, it's a hundred percent right. You're, you are correct. And I really wanted that egg sandwich. Uh, but yeah. So. Uh, also every, the third act of every movie should take place in a fun house. I like it. Yeah. Let's get Tim Burton on the phone. Let's make something happen. Uh, all right, Mike, 
Well, what else you got? So you got like one more thing on your uh, list, right? Yes, I have one movie to talk about, uh, and that is 2015's The Black Coat's Daughter. This is a uh, Osgood Perkins uh, directed film who just released uh gretel and hansel right i think was the yes. title of that one yeah which, which i really liked i know vin hated that movie uh so i'm very <laughs> so we should talk about that in a minute but uh mike Wait, but real daughter. quick when you say black coat's daughter <laughs> god damn it man. all right my final call <laughs> i swear i'm done with that bit i swear i'm done you can bleep them all out if you want you cut them all out that's fine <laughs> all right so black coat's daughter uh, mike Black Coat's Daughter. This is from uh, 2015, and uh, this is about these two girls that are going to uh, students at a all-girls boarding school, and it's uh, about to be winter break, and uh, neither of their parents show up. The two girls, unrelated, both both sets of parents don't show up to pick them up on the last day of school before break, so they have to stay there, wait, you know, oh, they'll be here in a few days kind of deal, uh, and it's the two, daughter, two students and uh, these, like, the school nurses or caretakers. They're like these, the kind of classic horror, like uh weird older woman thing where like they call everybody dear and they like wear frocks uh, yeah. and like, you know, they're just like oh, God, uncomfortable. I know. Imagine if only they had been filmed like an egg sandwich, uh, but <laughs> <I'm not scared laughs> and just, it's kind of like a weird snowbound horror thing sort of. Uh, Cause you know, they're in the school, for winter break and it's just creepy and unsettling and weird shit starts to happen while they're isolated in the school and at the same time the, um, there's this uh subplot with emma roberts uh who's in a, is trying to like hitchhike or she's just like at a bus station and this guy's like oh you look like you need a ride somewhere and she's going to this town and uh there it's just it's just weird as hell it also oh i wanted to point out it stars uh kiernan shipka who is currently uh Sabrina, the teenage witch, yep. in the uh, Netflix, The Chilling Adventures of uh, Sabrina. Right. And she used to be uh, Don Draper's daughter on Mad Men. Oh, yeah. yeah. There you go. Look at that. Yeah, and she's incredible in this movie. Yeah, I had heard about this on, on Shockwaves, I think, is just like this weird what-the-fuck kind of movie, and I definitely recommend don't go in knowing anything more than I've told you and just, just enjoy this movie. Um, and it's on Netflix. It's available on Netflix right now, so 100%. 10 out of 10 recommend the black hood's daughter. Nice. Yeah. I, uh, as far as Osgood Perkins goes, I've seen two of his movies. I've seen, I am the pretty thing that lives in this house, which I was not a big fan of. Uh, but then I recently saw Gretel and Hansel, which I really, really liked. I thought that movie was really cool. And just like the atmospheric and the production design was really awesome. And some great performances by Sophia Lillis and Alice Grieg and all that stuff. Some good horror sequences. Vin, I know you have seen Gretel and Hansel and I saw you rated it one star on Letterboxd. <laughs> and, Woof. uh, so I'm curious. Uh, I was very off put by the little boy he was annoying he was he's an annoying kid i most kids are annoying i just kept watching it being like whose nephew is this <laughs> that he got a role in this movie uh you know the best boy <laughs> he is the best he thinks he is the best boy. Th- he thinks he's the best boy he's an okay boy <laughs> visually i'm with you I, visually i thought it was a stunning movie i just was like I felt from the previews what I had hyped up in my head was not being represented on screen. I mean, it's definitely like it's it's a lesser version of something like The Witch, I guess, is, is sort of my take on that movie. But it still does it all pretty effectively, I think. I, I was just expecting it to be like a little scarier, I think. And um, I was just really bummed out that it wasn't the movie I wanted it to be. And when like, <laughs> you ever get that where that happens and you sure. can't really appreciate what you're watching 
because you're so caught up with the fact that like this wasn't what I thought it was. Yeah, no, I, I get that. I, I've had that before. And then it is one of those things where you rewatch something later on. And you're like, OK, I can sort of accept what this movie is now. So maybe. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if I watched it again eventually and was like, oh, OK, this yeah. is fine. It's like when you watch The Last Jedi the first time and you didn't like it, you hated the movie. And then suddenly now you're a big Last Jedi fan. We all make mistakes. I don't know. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think uh, also as a note, since you mentioned uh, I am the pretty thing that lives in this house or whatever the hell the name of that movie is. Um, yep. I think uh, Lucy Boynton, who is the star of that, is the co-star of Black Goat's Daughter. Oh, nice. so. She is also. Yeah, she's the other girl. In, she's it's her, sorry. She's spoilers. one of the people stuck at the school. Uh, OK, OK. That sounds like a good quarantine movie also, by the way. Just uh, throwing that out there. <laughs> Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's definitely a like uh, trapped, like, you know, snowbound uh, can't leave the building. If you want to have two hours of watching people where you're like, I guess it could be worse. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Yes, it's it's a pretty primo. uh, That that great escapist film, The Black Goat's Daughter. (laughs) And then I've I've got uh, two more movies I wanted to uh, kind of briefly throw out there. We're kind of crossing the hour mark here, so we should start wrapping this up soon. TCM recently did a uh, 1970s New York marathon and criterion channel recently did their uh, 70s style icons collection uh and so i watched one movie from each of those both of them are you know 70s new york the first of which is eyes of laura mars which is a kind of cult horror thriller from 1978 uh directed by Irvin kirshner who was the director of the empire strikes back uh this is like two years wow. before he made that movie uh and it's co-written by john carpenter which is and it's also the same year that uh, halloween came out so a big year for john carpenter basically and this movie stars faye dunaway tommy lee jones uh brad dorif who was the voice of chucky uh and it's about a fashion photographer in the 70s who makes these you know erotic kind of violent portraits uh and then she starts seeing violent crimes through the eyes of a serial killer like she has a psychological connection to a serial killer and it's driving her nuts and she doesn't know what's going on uh and it's a cool slow burn movie it's sort of a uh, an american version of an, of an italian giallo film uh and it does a really good job of being that also tommy lee jones is a kind of the romantic lead of the movie and he wears turtlenecks the entire time uh oh, swoon <laughs> So if you're into 70 style icon, Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's in the collection, I think, because it's about a fashion designer and stuff. But I think it's actually (laughs) in the collection because Tommy Lee Jones wears a turtle. (laughs) They were like, we people won't believe this. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, So that's Eyes of Laura Mars. Really solid. Mike, I think you especially would really dig this kind of movie. And then I also watched uh, The Taking of Pelham 123, the original from 1974, which was part of uh, Turner Classic Movies is a marathon of 70s New York uh, crime thrillers. And this is the best movie ever made. Um, just throwing it out there. It's wow. awesome. It's so, so good. Uh, have you guys seen the original Taking the Pelham 123? I have not. Yes. Okay, so Mike, you have. Vin, you have not. I had not seen this, uh, and I had not seen the remake either. But it was one of the things I just meaning to watch for a long time, never got around to, and now I've seen it. And it's just one of the best thrillers ever. It's so good. Walter Matthau is the star of this movie, and it's, you know, from an age when Walter Matthau could be the star of a thriller. You know, like a guy like... <laughs> Like a guy like Walter Matthau. I was talking about this off air a little bit, but like, you know, Denzel Washington is the star of the remake. Like he's the one who's playing the Walter Matthau role. And like, you know, you look at a movie from the 2000s and it's like, okay, a guy like Denzel Washington has to be the star of this movie. And then you open up the original Taking Pelham 123. And the first time you see Walter Matthau, he's like sleeping in a waiting room uh, in like a disheveled, (laughs) like, you know, coat and tie. (laughs) And it's the best. What a hero. He's so good. Uh, And he's great. Uh, Robert Shaw, Quint from Jaws, is the villain of this movie. Uh, And, you know, other people pop up. Jerry Stiller is one of the cops in this movie. And it's 
Jerry Stiller? Like it's, it's so Is he doing like slapstick? <laughs> you would think so. Because that's the thing. I when I think of Jerry Stiller, I think of George Costanza's dad. You know, I think of that role on Seinfeld. Uh and it's it's the same voice, kinda, because he's doing like, you know, the hard New Yorker voice. Because it's, you know, he's, oh, he has one voice. That's also <laughs> true. He's not getting something else out of him. That's a good point. But, you know, he's great. And the movie, the script is really sharp and really funny, but it's also very tense. And man, the taking a fellow one, two, three. It's fucking awesome. People should watch it. Uh, and yeah, there it is. I didn't even talk about the plot of the movie, but the plot of the movie is that, uh, you know, a group of criminals uh, hijack a subway car and hold all the people on there hostage for ransom. Uh, and Walter Matthau is a transit worker who has like an hour to get them a million dollars or else they're going to start killing people on the train. Uh, and that's it. That's the like most. We've all been there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a very relatable <laughs> premise, uh, especially if you've, ever, if you've ever felt like you've been taken hostage in the subway car before. <laughs> yep. Uh, and it's just it's great seeing Walter Matthau as a transit authority worker really diligently working to try to get the subway back online kind of. <laughs> Thing. It's just it's nice. That level of fantasy and escapism is really it's really great to see. <laughs> but yeah, the taking of Pelham one, two, three. It's fucking awesome. People should watch it. And uh, that about wraps up all the stuff that I got. Vin, do you have any last you know things you want to throw out there as far as discussions goes? Because me and Mike are pretty much done with our list. You know what? I, I watched the other night. I watched um, X-Men Dark Phoenix. It's not good, but I didn't think it was like as bad as everybody else seems to think it is. <laughs> I mean, Mike and I tore that movie apart when we reviewed it on this podcast about a year ago. <laughs> I have to listen to that one still. Um, I'm like, I'm like, I alternate podcasts sure. whenever I listen. Okay. I'm not a binge listener. Yeah, neither am I. I've actually, uh, I've been doing that. Like I do that too. And I'm like three months behind on every podcast that I listen to. Yeah. But at least, at least there's stuff you have to listen to. You know what I exactly, mean? Exactly. Yeah. So I don't hate it. Uh, I'm Vincent, Cra Vincent J. Craig on YouTube. You can check out my stuff. Uh, if you want to have something to watch. Sure. Sorry, I went right into plug mode. Yeah. You, uh, you didn't even talk about your thoughts in dark Phoenix other than it was okay. You just went straight into plug <laughs> well, you guys, you guys did. You guys took it down already. I, just, I forgot. <laughs> I, I, I skipped over it. Um, yeah. And then uh, The Platform, which is a interesting little Spanish horror film. Nice. Yeah. Mike actually talked uh, about that movie I, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. You were saying that. I liked it. I thought it was interesting. Uh, different premise. It kind of looked like a TV show at times, like the quality of the filming. But also I, I really thought the it. set was super inventive. Cool. Yeah. So that's uh, dark for being one room. <laughs> Right. So that's uh, X-Men Dark Phoenix, which Vin says is OK. We said it wasn't that great. Uh, and uh, the platform. And I'm the same guy that didn't like Joker. I mean, I would say. And did like Bad Moms. True. Yeah. So Bad Moms greater than Joker is what you're going with right here, Vin. Uh, yeah. OK. I would watch Bad Moms a million times before. Yeah. OK. I mean, honestly, uh, I just like you just saw the reality of what I said sit in when I said it. I, I mean, like, honestly, oh, like should I, I, should I lock into that. Like, I think Joker's a better movie than Bad Moms, but. I think I would also watch Bad Moms again before I watch Joker again. It's it's a it's a more easily watchable movie, I feel like. That's fair. And Joker is a technically well-made movie. I don't want people to think um I think that if I also had the money to get Scorsese's production team, I also could put <laughs> I something I could also nice. rip off Taxi Driver. <laughs> yeah, I could also yeah, I could miss all the nuance of what I was trying to do. <laughs> Uh, I'll right. go, dude. I'll go hard in the paint against Joker. It's, it's, yeah, that's honestly. I'm just, but you know, everybody stay safe out there. I'm trying to stay sane watching movies, and uh, seems like you guys are on the same wavelength. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's all we've been doing, pretty much. Uh, so yeah. So Vin, where can we find you online this week? I know you already started plugging stuff, but you can restart. Reset Sorry, I got excited. Uh, I'm Vincent J. Craig on YouTube. I'm uh, the Upstaters on YouTube, or it might just be Upstaters. The Upstaters might be somebody else. Look for the one with the doofy redheaded face smiling on the. <laughs> thumbnail 
uh, probably Vin Craig on Instagram. And to be perfectly clear, I'm not speculating that my name is Vin Craig on Instagram. It is probably Vin Craig. <laughs> uh, at Vincent J. Craig on Twitter. And uh, yeah, I'm trying to make comedy to make people happy. So yeah, the most the most useful internet handles are the ones they have to explain to people. That's great. But uh, and yeah, well, I I don't actually think people don't get it. I think I my anxiety tells me right. that people aren't going to understand. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, we used to work for a website that had a dash in the middle of the uh, of the word, so that you had to say the word and then say dash and then say the word dot com, and it was very upsetting <laughs> it was very annoying yeah that's a nightmare yeah it was pretty, crystal it was clear. a night dash mare actually is a <laughs> 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 but all right and and everybody should be checking out vin's quarantine content which is on youtube right now that's on your uh, youtube channel and everything right vin instagram and youtube yeah cool yeah check that stuff out it's really really funny mike where can we find you online this week you can find me at md film blog on twitter and letterboxd you can find me online at uh, M Smith Film Blog on Twitter, Radio Mike Sandwich on Instagram, and uh, Mike Smith Film on Letterboxd. Uh, thanks for listening to Mike and Mike Go to the Movies. I'm Mike Smith. That's Mike Decretio and Vin Craig joining us once again. Vin, thanks so much for uh, joining us on the podcast again. I feel like I might have said that before, but I can't remember if I did. So just throwing it out there one more time. Thanks. Thank you for continually putting up with me. And sometimes, <laughs> you know, Derek Jeter didn't know he's going to hit, and he's still widely considered one of the best of all time. <laughs> I, I feel like I didn't. I feel like I wasn't batting a thousand today. <laughs> you you were batting a solid eight hundred, Ben. I assume I, that's I, a high compliment. I, is that is that high? I don't know uh, what, how baseball that's works it. in baseball. <laughs> that's never been seen before. Okay, great. Then you're doing good stuff. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, you can rate rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts, any other podcast app. Email us at Mike and Mike go to the movies gmail.com. Contact us at Mike and Mike Pod on Twitter, and you can find the rest of our podcast on Rapture Press alongside the Review Zoo, a podcast about all kinds of geek news and stuff. Uh, so we'll be doing some more bonus episodes in the future mike and i are workshopping a kind of new format too so it won't just be discussions every week we're trying to try to do some more different stuff while we're quarantined trying to be a little more creative here uh in the meantime our jeff goldblum podcast is weekly for quarantine so we just released our episode of annie hall and on the next one we'll be talking his role in 1977's between the lines which is a movie that very few people have heard of so i'm sure the <laughs> downloads will be uh, through the roof <laughs> <laughs> that's the end of this week's episode of Mike and Mike Go to the Movies. We'll see you on the other side. We're done. The show's over. Boop.